Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. center of the galaxy this is a force center podcast feed and i'm your host ken Napsock for another edition of spotlight star wars a monologue from me to you a lot of things to discuss this week have i said this before what a great time it is to be a star wars fan a lot of news and notes this week that i want to discuss some great questions for you from you guys out there on hashtag spotlight star wars 
uh, that are inspiring me to get up this morning and talk Star Wars with you all. First thing, sad note, but I did want to address the death and uh, the passing of Tony Dyson. The professor uh, and robot maker was the uh, creator of Star Wars's R2-D2, the character, uh, the actual robot itself. Uh, he uh, had a team, he had a company. Uh, called the White House Toy Company, and they designed the droid, to be clear, as I read this article. But uh, he, he very key in the uh, development and creation of one of the most beloved characters in all of cinema and arguably one of the most uh, noticeable and iconic characters of the Star Wars universe. I would say Darth Vader is number one, but it could be argued and maybe on some show we will argue one day that R2-D2 and C-3PO are just as noticeable worldwide and throughout history uh, for Star Wars as any other character. Yeah, Han Solo, Luke, and Leia, and all those Chewbacca, the Millennium Falcon itself, but I kind of think R2 and 3PO are are known. You see them, you know them. That's that's R2. That's 3PO. They're from Star Wars. Haven't really seen it, but I know those robots are in that space movie. And uh, a credit to Tony Dyson and his team for creating this iconic character. And I said here of his passing at 68, uh, I have an R2-D2 sippy cup that I'm going to proudly drink out of the rest of this week. Um, so rest in peace. Mr. Dyson, um, Star Wars Rebels. Can we talk about Star Wars Rebels this week? Uh, no secret, I've been somewhat of a critic of the show, which is weird for a nearly 40-year-old man to say about a show on Disney XD. But hey, we're Star Wars fans. Let's do it. It's time to crawl inside the Star Wars nerd bubble as we have this debate. Um, <laughs> Rebels... <sighs> It, it has great moments. It has great aspirations. I think it does a lot of things well as a lot of great characters. It just sometimes the sum aren't sums aren't as good as the the whole um, or the parts aren't as good as the sum. The two plus two equals chicken. To quote Brian Regan, I don't know. Uh, there's so much I want to talk about. I, I, I'm messing up uh, all the phrases I should know. Uh, but as I, as I've been saying on this show, sometimes the show is too heavy on puffer pigs and lessons about teamwork and team, uh, and, and friendship. And Hey, look, we need that. And this is a kid's show after all. Star Wars is for the kids uh, and, and, and the kids in heart uh, out there. Um, but this past week, uh, the episode that was uh, titled The Shroud of Darkness was by far the best episode of Rebels yet. I put it up there with some of the best in the Clone Wars. And if you haven't seen it, I'm going to say right now, this is your spoiler warning. Time to maybe step aside. I'm not going to go into it too deep. I'm not a recap and review show, but I do need to address it. Yoda's in this. Ahsoka tying, uh, tying herself in story now to Anakin and Vader and bringing Anakin uh, into Rebels, not just Vader. And you actually see a, ho a hologram uh, uh, of Anakin back in his uh, training days at the Academy where he's training a, a, like a lightsaber fighting class. Um, we get to learn a lot about uh, uh, the Inquisitor, the Grand Inquisitor. Perhaps uh, when, when he was just the Inquisitor, I liked it. The Grand Inquisitor sounds a 
slightly unintentionally racist. Uh, it, it, it invokes images from real life that uh, I'm not comfortable with. But uh, the Grand Inquisitor is his name. You learn a lot about him, a lot in a little moment about the Inquisitor and who he is or who he was. And then uh, Kanan becomes a Jedi Knight now, uh, officially. He, uh, You are no longer a, a, a Padawan learner, which kind of technically he still was. He never officially became a Jedi, uh, thanks to Order 66. And if you haven't, check out that Marvel comic series about Kanan. It is good. So, so much in this episode. I know they all can't be like this. I don't expect that. But this one raised some great questions. It sets up a lot of good things, and it is deep. It has got dark undertones. Uh, we're looking at Ahsoka finally accepting, finally realizing maybe officially after some uh, uh, maybe some uh, feelings deep down that uh, Anakin is still around and that Anakin is, uh, is perhaps uh, this dark lord of the Sith. This it is now fully in her mind that this is probably the case, and this sets up a battle that I think we want to see. And look, we don't know what happens to the Ahsoka character. Um, is she in Rogue One? Uh, we thought maybe she might be in Episode Seven in some capacity, in some uh, an older version of her of the character. Uh, who knows? Maybe she'll be in Eight. You can speculate to the end of time. Uh, I think. I, I don't know. I, maybe I shouldn't say think. I don't know if Ahsoka is going to survive Rebels. I don't know. I just don't know. It would make sense that the character would uh, be killed uh, this time around as opposed to fading away and going into hiding as she did at the end of Clone Wars. Uh, Ahsoka, uh, I'm on the record as saying, is it grew into being one of my favorite characters in the Star Wars universe. And it's uh, there's a lot of uh, intrigue and depth to that character that developed over time, which again, uh, I use a, as an argument against myself when I say I don't like Ezra Bridger, the main character in Rebels. Um, and, and you're already seeing some growth in Ezra, so shame on me for not having faith in the growth of Ezra, much like I uh, uh, understand and love the growth of Ahsoka over the course of the Clone Wars. So that was the thing that – my, my favorite thing of that episode was that Ahsoka is now pretty sure that Darth Vader character is her former Jedi uh, uh, master, Anakin Skywalker. I think we're going to see something there. But there's some other great things. When the Inquisitor uh, reveals – is revealed um, that he was a fallen Jedi temple guard and a great kind of – vision slash reality uh, force situation with Kanan in this Jedi temple on Luthal. Um, I loved it. I mean, you got the stuff with Yoda, Yoda showing up, and there's a lot of hinting. And, and, and the Inquisitor says it point blank, point blank to Kanan that, hey, you know what? Uh, you can't do everything to save Ezra, and, and he will be exposed to the dark side, and there are dark powers uh, trying to get him. Ezra is powerful. Uh, and it also ties into that uh, now that Kanan's powers are growing, and Ahsoka, though not officially a Jedi anymore, she's got force powers. Ezra's growing, and uh, Vader says, hey, the, these uh, Jedi, their force powers are growing, and that's going to be their um, uh, their undoing. So you, you even got that, which could lead to why they're no longer going to be around in the story come New Hope. Um, there's a lot of good things, but the Inquisitor... Revealing himself to be a fallen Jedi is intriguing to me. Yoda mentioning the planet Malachor, 
which is uh, a planet I'm not overly familiar with. I gotta, I gotta admit, I'm not overly familiar with it because it is a is an old Republic video game type of uh, 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 situation going on here. And I, I'm not, uh, I'm not an expert on that. I don't pretend to be an expert on that. I've been doing some reading on Malachor or Malachor Five, as it's called. Uh, it is in canon now, obviously because of Rebels, but it wasn't new to canon. It has been mentioned, uh, mentioned uh, in an episode of the Clone Wars cartoon. Um, but for Yoda to say that, hey, you guys, I'm talking to, uh, you know, Ezra, uh, that, hey, you guys are going to need to go to Malachor. You're going to find some stuff there. And that Kanan and Ahsoka both went upon hearing that from Ezra kind of, ooh, hey, it's getting hot in here. We don't know about that. Um, immediately that kind of stuff is is intriguing to me. I love when the uh, Star Wars universe has expanded uh, a little bit more. And now we have a new planet to study up on learn. Again, not new, new to many people. Um, but it is uh, – it's key and it has to do uh, the um, – the, I'm, I'm reading up here myself. And like I said, I was doing some reading on Malachor today. And by, by, uh, by all means, if you're out there and you know a little bit more about Malachor and what it means to the Old Republic and the Knights of the Old Republic games and the stories and where we could possibly uh, go with this planet now being front and center in canon, uh, let me know. Tweet me at Ken Epsoc, Force Center Pod, and hashtag Spotlight Star Wars because uh, that's one of the – uh, one of the things I love, man, when something new pops up and it gets on your radar screen and you got to read about it just when you think you knew everything about Star Wars, something else pops up. Um, so this is uh, this planet's going to uh, factor in. Uh, it, uh, it had to do with the Galact during the, uh, uh, the Galactic Civil War time as well. There's something called Malachor Company. Of course, again, I'm just reading it straight here, trying to learn along with you out there. Um, but then again, the Inquisitor. Being revealed to be um, a Jedi Temple Guard and basically a fallen Jedi uh, is very intriguing to me because I was all on board for the character of the Inquisitor when it was revealed as like the main villain of Rebels. I like the design. Um, Callus, General uh, Callus, uh, I like as well. Um, but the, the sideburns were a little much for me initially, uh, but, but I like that character. But, but the Inquisitor I got, it looked like something in the Star Wars universe. Um, uh, so when the character kind of vanished and, and, and disappeared at the end of season one um, in what we apparently thought was a death, and I still believe probably is a death, I, I was puzzled along with everybody. Like, well, all right, and we've got two more Inquisitors coming this season, uh, the fifth brother and the seventh sister, and uh, those are you know, that's all good. And Sarah Michelle Gellar gets to voice act alongside her husband. That's awesome. On board there. Uh, but I couldn't help it was another think that it was another example of a Star Wars villain being wasted. Think Boba Fett. Think Captain Phasma. Um, there's Darth Maul, of course, maybe perhaps the biggest of all as an example. Um, foolish me. Uh, foolish me again. Uh, clearly, the Inquisitor has a lot more to him. And the fact that he was a fallen Jedi, the fact that he could be something else. Uh, could could the Inquisitor go with me here? Could the Inquisitor be Snoke? I've talked to her, talked to my uh, my conspiracy theory friend Kevin, who I'm still getting on the for, on the Four Center show. So he believes he believes that the Inquisitor could be related to uh, Snoke or Plagueis or even uh, Darth Nihilus. Uh, he he believes that stuff too. So there's now there's a new level of intrigue to the Inquisitor. Where does he factor in? How deep does the conspiracy go? Could 
Could the Inquisitor be Snoke? I'm just asking. You tell me. A lot of references in this episode to the dark side and Ezra. Could Ezra be Snoke? Oh, that's crazy, Ken. That's crazy. You must be drunk on a Saturday morning. Ah, no. But I'm asking, is it possible? Could Ezra be Snoke? Time goes on. Some serious lightsaber fights. Maybe Luke beats up Ezra slash Snoke. You know? You don't know. Time in the dark side might do weird things. We don't know that Snoke is an alien life form. You'd think it based on the design. More Plagueis, a nod to Plagueis than anything else. But time in the dark side and injuries? Look at, look at, look at Palpatine. Look what he became. Just a nice little old man with a little uh, little bit of tuft of white hair and an overbite. And now he's, he's, he's uh, a couple lightning blasts being reflected by Mace. And no, no, no. And suddenly he's the emperor. So who knows what could happen to Ezra? Maybe he's Snoke. I, I don't know if I believe that, but I'm putting it out there. Let's debate about it. Let's talk about it. A lot of great things about this episode. I hope Rebels can continue this. I know it's not all going to be like this. We're going to get some Puffer Pigs coming back, I'm sure. I'm sure. But this episode finally started to pay off some of the stuff that was hinted at in the Season 2 trailers we were seeing. That I wasn't, uh, wasn't, I didn't think we were getting. And, or we were getting in smaller chunks. And I wanted big, full episodes. And uh, the second half of Rebels this year, Season 2 has been great. I think it's been better than season one, but the second half of uh, season two now is living up to uh, the hope I had at the end of season one. The end of Rebels in season one got me geeked up, got me excited, where I had been really debating whether I truly liked this show or not, or was just taking it in because it was Star Wars. Um, But I'm on board. I'm watching it closely. I'm watching, I'm counting puffer pigs and teamwork and friendship lessons, but I want more of this. There's... So much about those characters, even though I'm on record saying I don't really like the novel uh, New Dawn, Hera and and Kanan are very intriguing characters. And we got to see a lot with with Hera and her father uh, in a recent episode of of Rebels, which ties to the Clone Wars. And and Kanan, like I said, I I actually kind of think someone asked me the other day, uh, what is your favorite of the new Star Wars Marvel comics? And I I answered Kanan. I answered Kanan, which kind of surprised me. It just popped out of my mouth like that. But uh, Vader was starting strong, and it's gone the way of the weird cyborgs. Um, Kanan's had some, had some interesting storylines, but overall, it's just something – there's something about it. There's something about that timeline and that time – that era, uh, the post uh, – the prequel kind of post-Sith era that's intriguing to me. There's a lot to mine there, post-Order 66. There's a lot to me. There's got to be a lot of other Jedis, not not a ton, but a lot of other Jedis that survived Order 66. And I think there's more stories to tell. There's more characters to stumble on. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think they're doing good work uh, on Rebels with these characters that have a lot of stories. I just hope it all ties up well as we race towards Rogue One. Which when are we getting that trailer? Are we getting that Rogue One trailer? Can someone speed that up? I know there were some clips released or some descriptions of clips. I'm trying hard not to uh, dive into the spoilers on Rogue One. I had one of the clips described to me. 
seemed simple. I don't feel I was anything was given away. I didn't want to see it, uh, but I let myself hear the description. It sounded cool, but it sounded simple. And, and I'm hearing Rogue One have very much has a uh, a New Hope feel and design to it. I hope it's a little a uh, little more realistically gritty. But uh, when are we getting that trailer? Someone, someone out there, dig it up, find me, tell it, tell it to me, tell me that information. I want a Rogue One teaser, if not the full trailer. Marvel Comics, as I mentioned, uh, have a lot of titles, and they are now adding Han Solo. We're getting a five-issue short-run series on Han Solo. Uh, I'm excited about it. Uh, I'm clearing away a, a, a section in my comic book uh, boxes. Uh, it's about time. But uh, I understand why they didn't dive into Solo early on. There's a lot of other characters. Uh, the Poe comics coming out soon as well. We had to get the Chewie one, the Leia one, the Lando one. It makes sense we'd have Han. Uh, I hope they keep it to a five-issue run. I don't need so many Star Wars comics. Um, and there's other characters I think you could uh, you could do other five-issue short runs uh, with. Um, this one, though, I'll tell you what. It's set, though, and reading the description, Entertainment Weekly posted the story about it uh, this week. And uh, I want to thank uh, listener uh, Stephen Patrick Helm at Steve O Says Stuff, who uh, who actually uh, tipped me off to this. I hadn't seen the story, and he tweeted uh, tweeted me the story. So Stephen, thank you. Um, the only thing I I, I don't say apprehensive or don't like. The only thing is is it set. The description is, hey, this is set between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. And that seems to be the time a lot of these original trilogy character comics are being set, which I understand. Um, I think eventually we'll move to stuff set between Empire and Jedi. Uh, between New Hope and Empire, there's, I think, more to play with, to be fair. After Empire uh, and going into Jedi, it's kind of a not a one-track story, but hey, you kind of know what's happening. The Rebels got to get get uh, uh, Han. Uh, it was at Jabba's palace. Luke's recovering. The war rages on. I think there's uh, maybe a little less stories to corners of the stories to crawl up into than um, the era between New Hope and Empire. So I understand it. I just uh, I, I want I hope they get out of that soon, uh, which is maybe one of the reasons I like Kanan more than maybe I, I even thought I would. Is it set in a different era? The Obi Wan and Anakin comic um, not grabbing me as much, but it's definitely an intriguing idea. So this Han thing is set between that time. What I do like about it though is the description of it describes uh, as Han Solo no longer sure who he really is. You know, some things happen in New Hope where, uh, you know, maybe Han found himself kind of sort of needing to change, wanting to change, not sure how to change. And I understand that line. That That is key to me. The toughest battle Han Solo ever fought was against his own self-interest, starts the article. And that's very true to the Star Wars, uh, uh, the Han Solo character, I should say. And um, I think it ties into even Force Awakens. I think that was the struggle Han carried his entire life. And uh, I, I'm glad that this comic will dive into the immediate uh, reactions Han Solo had to his uh, heroic turn. Probably something he wasn't comfortable with. Clearly something he wasn't comfortable with. Because I think in The Force Awakens, uh, you saw that um, when faced with a lot of stress, which we're still finding and going to find out what a lot of that stress was, he reverted to his pre-New Hope form of who he was. 
Um, so, hey, maybe this comic will help set that up, but I'm excited about it. I love Han. Uh, even when I uh, question whether or not they should do a young Han Solo movie or anything like that, I love stories about Han Solo. So I'm definitely going to be purchasing that comic, and I'm sure you will out there too. Let's go to the Twitter machine and talk uh, uh, to you guys using the hashtag Spotlight Star Wars. I appreciate all of you listening to our show here and taking an interest in what I do every week and what Joseph and Jennifer and I are doing with Force Center Pod. Um, so, uh, this, uh, the hashtag spotlight Star Wars and the conversation we have does mean a lot to me. Darth Vanquish checks in at Darth Vanquish. I like that name. Is that a, is that a made up name or is that some old Republic character that, that played in, you could, could play in one mission and I don't know. I like that name, Darth Vanquish. Um, he's got some, uh, some Ray theories. He got a, he has a Ray theory. He says, uh, could, you know. Two Jedi slash Force-sensitive parents. No one has ever been a child of two Jedi because of the code, at least that we know of. And he ha- he asks thoughts. Well, Darth Vanquish, I like that theory. In fact, to be honest, for whatever reason, the thought of Luke being uh, Ray's father, which I still think is the answer at the end of the day. It's a safe bet, but it's a bet I'd take. I... For some reason, I just assumed her mother was Force-sensitive. I just assumed that it was another Jedi. It might be the Mara Jade influence. We all, in our minds, are still trying to overcome the fact that Mara Jade no longer officially exists and that her love with Luke no longer officially exists. So I think we're just kind of mentally slipping a similar character back in there. So for me, the thought that Ray's parents, whether they're Luke or not, are are two Force-sensitive parents. Maybe it's Obi-Wan. Um, uh, you know, finding some solace with a fallen Jedi who also survived Order 66. Who knows? Uh, maybe it's Luke and uh, some kind of a Jedi, scandalous Jedi affair he had. I don't know. Um, but I actually, Darth Vanquish, I actually buy into that. I, I actually kind of just assume that was the case. So that's why her big power to me, uh, her her. her uh, overriding uh, Jedi skill set uh, make makes some sense to me. He also has a uh, uh, Darth Vanquish also has a Plagueis uh, comment. If Snoke is Plagueis, could the Knights of Ren uh, um, and not fully training Ren be made to maintain power unlike uh, Palpatine? Ah, so okay. So to, to translate that a little bit more, as I read it bad, um, what he's saying is, hey, if if Plagueis he lost. To Palpatine, essentially, uh, believing uh, – if you believe what Palpatine told Anakin in, in Revenge of the Sith, which I, I watched again. I watched that movie again this weekend. That scene, that scene still one of my favorite scenes in the Star Wars uh, movies. Um, not from a Jedi. Great moment. Um, so if, Plague, Plague, if Snoke is Plagueis, could he have learned and formed the Knights of Ren to kind of insulate him a little bit? Um, or And then keeping Ren untrained, not fully trained, and keeping him at bay, could it be uh, to maintain power? Yeah, that's a good theory. The uh, thing about these Sith and Dark Force users is they're, they're very paranoid, they're very power-hungry. So it would make sense that uh, if he was burned before, he's going to insulate himself a little bit more. I still think there's someone else... With Snoke, Plagueis otherwise, there's someone else with Snoke. I I still think Benicio Del Toro could be the true right-hand man of Snoke. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. 
Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Uh, moving along here, Patrick at Patrick underscore Solaire uh, checks in at hashtag Spotlight Star Wars and Force Center Pod. Ask was Ray's Force Vision like Quinlan Voss's in Dark Disciple uh, when he touched his master saber? Patrick, that's the first thing I thought of. Having just read the book Dark Disciple not too much uh, too too long before I saw Force Awakens, 
and liking Dark Disciple. Not one of my favorite of the new canon, but it's very good, and I would have been interested to see it as a a run on the Clone Wars, Clone Wars cartoon like it was originally supposed to be. It's a good book, though. I definitely think you all should check it out if you haven't. Quinlan Voss, kind of the uh, Native American uh, hippie, earthy Jedi a little bit, a little bit of a rogue Jedi. Voss is one of my favorite Jedi. Um, he's got some of these powers, man. He touches things, and he suddenly sees things. He get, get, gets visions through touch. Um, so when Ray had that moment, I I smiled in the theater and, and said to myself, that's just like Quinlan Voss. So Patrick, you and I are on the same page. Maybe she has those, some kind of some kind of powers there. Maybe she'll touch him more. Maybe she shakes hands with Luke and suddenly gets a vision and the whole story is explained. It's possible. It could very well happen. So thanks for checking in, Patrick, on that. Final question I want to talk about today on this uh, kind of um, sorry, scattered episode. My mind's going in many episodes, many different directions, because uh, I think there was a good week to be a Star Wars fan. A lot to talk about. I actually uh, wish Joseph and Jennifer were here so we could dive into this a little more, not just me talking in my room, staring at my Funko Pop Star Wars figures, having a conversation with them. But hey, I'm having a conversation with you. So Patrick Barman, our friend Patrick Barman, at P underscore Barman, uh, head of the Imperial podcast feed. Uh, He says, simple question this week. I like simple questions, Patrick. Simple question. He says, who is your favorite character from Force Awakens and why? All right. It is a simple question. Is it? Actually, I think that's kind of a complicated, complicated, right? You can't answer that simply. It is a simple question, but I'm going to make it complicated. I love Kylo Ren. It's very clear if you look around my room of all the Star Wars merchandise I've purchased in the last year, there's a lot of Kylo Ren. And statistics show that that is probably the most purchased uh, of the new characters in terms of toys. It's also, I think, the most made Hashtag where's Ray? She's out there, but there's more of Ren. Going into Force Awakens, I was all on board Ren, as I still am, just based on the design. I think it's one of the best designs in Force Awakens in terms of character design and actually in all Star Wars. It is very Star Wars. When the, when the first official, not the concept stuff, but the first official shots of Ren started coming out, I, I, that was the first time I really, really felt, I think I think this is going to be good. I think we're in good hands. Now, to be fair, Maul had the same type of vibe, and we can talk about Phantom Menace some other time. But Ren had the Star Wars design. That is a Star Wars villain to me. Great design. There's a reason that character was popular from the get-go. That is a perfect design. I'm giving it 10 out of 10. Sith out of Sith. It is great. Uh, and I even love the lightsaber. I love the hood. I love the mask. Now then I see the movie and Ren even gets better. Especially on repeat viewing. Ren gets better. The mask comes off. There's some layers there. There's some darkness there. We are actually for the first time really taking our time and watching someone become the supervillain. We didn't get that time in Sith. Again, having just rewatched Sith, as much as I do enjoy Revenge of the Sith, I definitely do not enjoy the quick turn of Anakin. There's just no way you slice it. It's too quick of a turn for me. We didn't get to spend that much time with him really struggling with it. Uh, Suddenly he's Darth Vader. Rise. Um, So I like what they're doing with Ren. But simple question, Patrick. Complicated answer. I would not answer officially 
that my favorite character from The Force Awakens is Kylo Ren. It's definitely one of my – look, I like pretty much all the new characters in The Force Awakens. They did a great job. It's why I like the movie so much. But if I'm going to answer that question, I'm going to answer with this. My favorite character from The Force Awakens is without a doubt Ray. Ray. Yeah, you want to debate on her force powers, how she got them. Like I said, hey, maybe it's two force-sensitive parents. Maybe the force created her and the midi-chlorian count is so high in her because the force was trying to bring balance after the mistake of Anakin. I, I can get behind that theory too. But Ray is my favorite character for in-story reasons and societal reasons and just the execution performance reasons there's so much there for ray just on the story level i think ray is the hero we deserve i've mentioned before i love going to cons and conventions uh, this past year and seeing uh, so much ray cosplay especially in females 15 and under because I look at it and I go, that's what this was supposed to do. It was supposed to ignite and inspire a, a younger female fan base because they were hungry for it, deservedly so, because they didn't uh, – the female fan base didn't and hasn't gotten enough in the Star Wars universe. I don't think there's an argument for that. Um, when I see some of the older female Star Wars fans cosplaying as Rey, that's awesome too. Um, but I think when I when I see a nine year old girl uh, cosplaying as Rey, I look. I go, this is it. They did it right. They did it right. But here's the thing, and hear me out. They could have put any female character in the Force Awakens in kind of a elevated role, a lead role, and I think you would have had that reaction again because the female fan base was hungry for it. We needed this. We needed a, quote, strong female character because that is a part of the national conversation now. We needed that. So, and again, hear me out. I think any character, any female character could have been in that spot and you would have seen uh, the female fan base uh, gravitate to that character and cosplay and be excited and celebrate it. But the character could have been bad. The character could have been done completely wrong. It still would have got that. But. From my point of view, fortunately, and wonderfully, Ray, the character of Ray, and Daisy Ridley deserve this. This was earned. This adoration and this inspiration was earned because it's such a good character. It's such a fun character. I saw, I saw the movie six times in the theaters, and I and again, I think that's a lot. I don't think I'm going to get out to see it anymore, and I don't even know if it's in the theaters anymore. I'm waiting for those Blu-rays. Um, six times I saw it, and there was a lot of things I learned, and this viewing was better. I liked the X-Wings in this one versus I liked the Starkiller base more than the in the sixth viewing than I did in the first, and, and Han and Chewie and Ren and blah, 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 blah. The one thing I liked from my first viewing to the most recent and last viewing of Force Awakens was Ray on Jakku. There's something about that character. There. There's something about Daisy Ridley's performance that I don't worry about. How Well, how does she uh, know uh, to mind control? And how is she so good at lightsaber fighting? Uh, you know what? Fair questions. Fair Star Wars nerd bubble questions. But on Jakku, that character is engaging, charming, uh, inspires uh, empathy, and, and and compassion, uh, you feel for that character. 
you like that character. Her saving of, of BB-8 is, is, to me, her save the cat moment that works well. The interplay. Uh, I'm such a fan of Daisy Ridley, just what she did and the little things she was able to do with the character. This silent nod to BB-8 saying, all right, fine, come with me. You, you can stay with me tonight, but then you're out of here in the morning, kid. Um, love that moment. The, the moment when she's staring at the old lady as she's uh, cleaning and Ray's cleaning the parts that she scavenged and the old lady's cleaning the parts. There's, that's kind of either a really endearing, cute moment where Ray's kind of, oh, look at this nice old lady, or, or as I took it, in the cut of the movie. And I heard that there was actually maybe it was cut up and that Ray was actually looking at a family boarding a starship to take off from uh, Jakku and that there, that one that tied into her either not getting off the planet, having to wait on the planet, and also missing her family. That could have been a great moment too, but they didn't cut it like that. They cut it with Ray cleaning, cleaning parts that she scavenged and she's looking at this old lady and the way it was cut and the way it was played and Daisy Ridley's acting. It's kind of a deep moment to me. I took it as her looking at this old lady thinking, that's going to be me because I'm never getting off this planet and I'll never find my family and that will be me and I'll be doing this for the rest of my life. And to me, it's kind of a deep and sad moment. So the character on Jakku is where I uh, uh, grew to just to really love this character. Forget all the other things he does, and there's great things. Uh, the lightsaber fight, I don't care. You know what? At the end of the day, now that time has passed, I don't care where Ray got her lightsaber powers. And I agree. Even in the first viewing, the second viewing, I was like, hmm, she's really good. But I agree uh, after discussing it with uh, other people, most notably my pal Joseph Scrimshaw on this very network, saying, hey, you know what? The force flows through you. The force can guide you. So you know what? She's good at lightsaber fighting. She has a little beginner's luck. I still think you're going to see Rey struggle in eight more than she did in seven. Um, because, hey, sometimes you start strong. Sometimes you're a rookie who gets a homer and you're first at bat. It happens. And then the next season you bat 230, all right? I don't worry about any of that, especially now. It was just a pure, awesome, fun Star Wars moment when that late lightsaber, very rem- reminiscent of Empire, flies out of the snow, zips past Kylo Ren, and it's into the hands of Rey. I get the chills. I'm getting it now. That is one of the best moments in the Star Wars universe. You know it. I know it. The American people know it. The world knows it. Ray is the hero we deserve, and that character earned all of the adoration. That character deserves every cosplay out there. Every eight-year-old girl that watches The Force Awakens and says, I want to be like Ray, that character deserved it. It earned it. It is absolutely the hero we are going to get behind for these next movies. I love it. I love it. Ray is, without a doubt, my favorite character for The Force Awakens. So, Patrick, simple question, you say? Yep. Complicated answers? Yep. But that's my answer, quite simply. Ray. If you want to join the conversation on Twitter, like I said, follow me at Catnapsock. Follow us at Force Center Pod and hashtag Spotlight Star Wars. I want to hear from you. Maybe you can have a simple question that can inspire a complicated answer. 
As always, it's been fun. Get ready for the Blu-ray release of Force Awakens April 5th, digital on April 1st. Deleted scenes coming. Looks like we're going to get to see that Ren on the Falcon scene. I'm excited about that. I didn't even get to spend a moment on that because I want to get on with my day and let you guys get on with your day and get back to celebrating Star Wars on your own time. So until next time, I'm Ken Napsok. This has been Spotlight Star Wars on the Force Center podcast feed. We'll see you. And may that force thing kind of sort of always remain around. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.